Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, football in the NBA might be over, but NBA, college basketball, NHL, all in full swing, my friends. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is betonline.ag. I'm telling you, there is so much fun to be had at Bet Online. They cover everything. They even cover award shows, TV shows, reality TV. It's all there. They have hundreds of props at real-time odds, almost anything you can imagine. And, of course, the 24-hour online casino. It never closes. So head to websites. You know what I'm talking about. BetOnline.ag or your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Again, you can use your laptop, your computer, mobile device, your pad, your tablet. It doesn't matter. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Buenos tardes, mi amigo. Hola. My good friend Cinco de Mayo on Tuesday And I hoped we'd see each other again I'm happy to say that this episode of Mikey Likes You is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. That's what I'm talking about. Unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at the fraction of the cost. Blue Chew is online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor, no embarrassment, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Best part? It's all online. Try Blue Chew free by going to bluechew.com and use our promo code M-I-K-E-Y. That's Mikey at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Mikey. Receive your first month free. Blue Chew, B L U E. C-H-E-W dot com. All right, so it is Mikey Likes You. It's been a lot of fun getting to know everyone a little bit better via the Patreon, as they say in Gay Paris. Um, But some things have come up as far as people again, and this is exactly what the last podcast was based on, things that I've learned that people have confusion around in the world of fitness and health. But I wanted to focus in on kind of one umbrella aspect of that, and that is people's overwhelming confusion about eating, weight loss in particular. Um, And this is, again, not your fault, you the listener. This is this insane bastardization and Instagramization of the fitness industry that has happened over the last decade or so, where repetition just makes something true. Um, Gary Tobbs has gone (laughs) – I mean I'm not trying to pick on him – has literally gone on record saying 
I, I'm not changing the way I think about things regardless of evidence. I, I, I have the quote right here. No evidence will change my mind. <laughs> okay, that's, that's gurudom. That's not science. That's not helping. That's quite the opposite. That's dogmatic. And it's a highly motivated ideologue trying to sell a product. This has proven to be incredibly useful um, financially. It's useful for your career. But <laughs> the reality is, is that it's easy to oversimplify – excuse me. It's easy to overcomplicate nutrition. It's easy to overcomplicate dieting for weight loss and fat loss. But it shouldn't be and so-called experts and professionals should work very hard to make ideas more simple and easier to understand. I personally believe that that's the biggest priority of any expressionistic artist. Anyone who is creative, who expresses themselves for a living, and that is the commodity at which they sell or at which they at least make a living. If you're a purveyor of, of ideas, you should take something regardless of its complexities and try to make it as easy to understand as possible. And the mainstream media as a whole is doing quite the opposite, not just the fitness world. Everything right now is – Editorials taking what could be simplified ideas and trying to make them sound more complex to display faux intellect. But this is my long-winded way of saying there's a lot of misinformation out there. And there's so much misinformation that has no real ground to stand on. And when people who who give you these – who shit these ideas down your throat are faced with the actual facts, they just dig their heels in because they've already got throngs of people who will believe it and have bought their book and whatnot. We see this so much in the keto world and we see it so much in the vegan world. Again, I'm not picking on anyone in particular. I'm not even picking on keto or vegan. If you want to do both of those or either of those, I'm all for it. But there's these myths that are so pervasive that I wanted to focus on those and then I wanted to go into the realities. And instead of me being like a lot of these other assholes and saying, well, just go do your own research, I'm going to give you some real clear-cut answers and objective evidence to support these things that I claim are totally untrue and then the alternative, which is the things that I'm going to tell you are true. And I won't go and wax poetic on anything that I can't comfortably back up with not only my own anecdotal experience but also clear, real, objective scientific proof. The first one is insulin. There's this huge myth in weight loss communities that 
having high insulin levels is the reason why we are fat. That insulin itself causes obesity. And that's just simply untrue. People become insulin resistant, excuse me, people who do become insulin resistant are mostly overweight. And that lowering a carbohydrate intake in your diet is much better for people who have become insulin resistant from prolonged high insulin levels. But to say that insulin in and of itself and high insulin levels is what's causing you to gain weight is, is just utterly untrue. Modulating insulin levels from low to high range just doesn't impact much at all when it comes to weight loss and weight gain. And, and frankly, protein raises insulin levels pretty well. And there is absolute, ample, and conclusive scientific proof that fat can store itself without raising insulin in any way whatsoever. Plenty of people complain about going on a keto diet for 12 weeks, 12 months sometimes, and gaining weight. Why? Because you're taking in more calories than your basal metabolic rate. You're taking in more calories than you burn in a day. That's simply the undeniable biologic fact of being a human being, that if you eat more calories than you burn, you will gain weight. If you take in less calories than you are uh, in need of, you will be losing weight. Now, the composition of the diet that makes up those calories obviously will have an impact on how your body looks, but... I just want to throw out that myth that, you know, insulin in and of itself is what's causing you to be fat. It's, it's not true. I put up the, the Twinkie diet on my, uh, on my Patreon for that reason. I'm not telling you to eat Twinkies. I'm telling you that that's the reality. Eating sugar is another one. No, I'm just cut out sugar. It's fine. No, not true. If you cut out sugar all you want and you have a bunch of uh, – sugar-free, gluten-free products all the live long day and a bunch of uh, almond butter and um, ribeye steak, you will be fat just like you would if you were to have Pop-Tarts and uh, Captain Crunch cereal. Now, is someone who's eating Captain Crunch and Pop-Tarts going to have a harder time staying in a caloric deficit? Absolutely. But sugar doesn't doesn't magically prevent you from gaining weight or excuse me, from losing weight. When calories are controlled, replacing even health what are looked at as healthy complex carbs with sugar has no impact on weight loss. Zero. I'm looking at the studies as we speak. Another idea is that there's clean and not clean foods. That there's a specific magic diet. There's magic intake. Um there, there's no such thing as good and bad foods, and you need to stop looking at that. Are there foods that are healthier? There are foods that are more nourishing. There are foods that absolutely are um, contributing to eating a healthy, sustainable diet as opposed to others. But when it comes to weight loss, that's there is no such thing, and all you – dogmatic meatheads who are eating your broccoli and your tilapia and your 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 white rice with no sauces you can take that and shove it up your ass because if your protein is equated for and the calories are equated for it doesn't really matter 
it doesn't really matter. The difference in diets, the difference in results between diets is, is so infinitesimally minimal that it's not even statistically relevant. What really matters is that you can adhere to it long term. So this idea that you have to eat low carb or you have to eat low fat or you have to eat paleo to be healthy or to have a good diet is, is wrong. There is no set idea of what is right and wrong. There are biological guidelines that we must live by if we want to elicit a different biological result. Outside of that, what, what is comprised in the diet to get those biological results and stays within those biological guidelines is, is, is moot. It doesn't matter. This other thing I've been hearing is starvation mode. And this one is tough because some really, really important and very viable and very respectable people in the health and fitness industry for a long time had kind of kept with this one. And I will be fully forthcoming and say that, you know, when I was 26, I kind of went into believing this. That, you know, if you cut calories long term, that you get this kind of – your body recognizes a starvation mode and you, you do this type of metabolic damage. And, you know, that led to this big push in the early 2000s and late 90s of eating frequently throughout the day to stoke your metabolism so you don't go into quote-unquote starvation mode. In humans, meal frequency has no impact on energy expenditure. In fact, real actual human studies show that humans fasting for three to four days actually raise their metabolic rate. A lot of intermittent fasting data shows, shows it to be the same thing. This all came out of animal research and it's completely nonsense. For most primates, missing a single meal can be a huge deal. For, for humans, and this has been shown in ample actual scientific experiments, long-term, double-blind, real experiments that it's irrelevant for humans. Another thing is metabolic damage, that you can do permanent damage to your metabolism through dieting. And it's just, it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Um, there was these studies where people ate like 1,200 calories and they gained weight. <sighs> there, unfortunately, these were studies done by people reporting what they eat. And that's never, ever, ever, ever accurate. Never, not even close. For the most part, the average layperson who's not like a competitive bodybuilder or fitness um, athlete grossly underestimates how much they're eating and grossly overestimates how much they're burning. There are endless meta metabolic adaptations to fat loss. Energy expenditure does go down. Appetite will go up, things like that. But it's not damage. And it's certainly not fat storage mode. And none of these quote-unquote adaptations cause you to gain fat when you're in a deficit. So metabolic damage, throw that one out. Here's another one. 
there is a handful of 0.001% of the population that walks around with quote-unquote slow metabolisms. But the overwhelming, overwhelming amount of the population has a very, very statistically small variability in their BMR. There is variability in any given body weight, in any given age, and there's you know, obvious variability in even people with the same weight and same age. Someone who's 175 pounds and 42 most likely has a lower metabolic rate than me because I'm leaner and carry more muscle. But the rate at which it's different is really not all that statistically important. There's also studies showing that variations in BMR don't predict weight gain at all. It's not to say that total expenditure in a day isn't lower for overweight people, but overweight people tend to trend towards lower levels of activity. But that's not a slow metabolism. That's not a genetic problem. That's, that's non-exercise activity being much lower. I mean, I, I, are you is, – is that, is that hard to, to, to either digest or understand? Because if you're listening and you are overweight, I'm not trying to be not sympathetic to that. I am, I'm actually acutely sympathetic to it. But does it not make sense that if we're the same age and you're 50-plus pounds overweight – you are going to, in a day, do far less activity than I am going to do. I would like to take a brief moment to talk to you about our newest sponsor, eBay. Y'all know what eBay is. Whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the OG original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop that pair you've always been eyeing. eBay's authenticity guarantee makes your sneakers Meticulously, expe- in- <clears throat> meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for you out there selling sneakers eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Here's the realities of why most people don't lose weight or can't um, seem to lose weight or gain weight. You underestimate your food intake. Even really experienced people with a good eyeball for fitness and health and nutrition, even people with tremendous experience with understanding what they're eating, grossly underestimate how much they're intaking. Research has shown from 25 to 50 percent, okay? You think you're eating 50% less than what you're actually eating. 
literally everyone will misreport their food intake. Lean people, overweight, active, inactive, your people are terrible at estimating food intake. And that is because also our idea of how many calories are going into the food we put in our mouth has gotten out of control, not by our own fault. Things that have manipulated our palate and scientists behind these large food corporations, fast food and, and, and processed packaged foods and things like that, they've become snipers at sneaking these things in. Um, there was a study and this was – you know, this was obviously mo- not the strictest um, scientific study but they did uh, – they took 400 people and they brought them into a room random – at random. You know, so it was young, old, fat, thin, active, non-active and they asked them how many calories in a large pizza and the common answer, the average answer was 400 calories. And the reality is, is that the average large pizza has 6,000 calories. This is why the people reporting gaining fat on low calories weren't really doing anything of the sort. They're just underreporting your food intake. And even if you're tracking calories, it takes a real savvy mind to get to the point where you're actually getting within a couple hundred calories of what you're actually intaking in a day. Putting one medium banana is not going to cut it. You have to cut up and measure that banana. Cut, you know, uh, I had a half ounce steak when you went out to dinner and you had a steak, uh, excuse me, you have an eight ounce steak and you went out and had a steak at a restaurant. You have no idea what that weighed raw. You have no idea how they cooked it. You have no idea how much butter was used in the process of making it. Take this take this all into consideration. When you stop, you know, I understand everyone gets put in a position where you can't like bring your Tupperware of uh, measured sirloin and shit. So you stop by Wendy's or, or Jack in the Crack and you get yourself a, a burger and you take the bun off. Then you put it in your app as, you know, one Jack in the Box patty, no bun. That could be off as far as 400 calories. And you've had three of those. Now you're screwed. Another reason is people get too restrictive with their dieting and then they end up binging. How many of us, myself included, have done their best to track their food, get ev- get everything in so they can get a 2100 calorie day and it's miserable for two days in a row and then on day three you have 6,000 calories. You don't want to talk about that 6,000 calorie day at the end of a month because, you know, Nine of the days preceding and nine of the days after were 2,100 calorie days. But you don't mention that because you know it was an anomaly. But it happens once, twice, three times a month. Okay? That, that's three and a half days worth of eating. And we all do this when we get too strict with what we're doing. There needs to be flexible dieting. There needs to be an understanding that like we as humans – we shouldn't live and die by our weight and our and our appearance in the mirror. Is it something that should be monitored and is important? Absolutely. But rigid attitudes do much more harm than good in the long run for the overwhelming majority of people. Another one is this one. Offsetting an entire week's dieting with the weekends. Now, this kind of falls into the same category as the last one I talked about. But plenty of us, especially when the lockdown wasn't a thing – you're really good and your work week, you Monday through Friday, you're you're getting your your 
meat's weighed out and you're taking a protein shake with you to work so you don't have to worry about uh, snacking and blah, blah, blah. And then Friday night comes along and it's a couple glasses of wine. You wake up Saturday morning. It's like, yeah, pancakes with the kids. And then it's football on Sunday. Why not have a couple chicken wings? And next thing you know, over a, you know, 52-hour span, you've complete, literally destroyed everything you've done for the week. That's pretty common. And that's a reality of weight gain and and a, a, a problem with weight loss. Water retention. Don't overlook this. Okay, especially you ladies, especially you ladies who have not hit menopause. Four pounds, five pounds of water, not at all a problem for women. And the fluctuation can come in the absence of even salty foods. Those of you who are training hard, drinking a lot of water, who are working out, who have uh, upped their protein synthesis from resistance training, you're eating a lot of protein, you have the cortisol going through you, which highly impacts your water retention because of the new stress that's put on the body from training. You got things going on in your life, work, family, who knows? All of these things can greatly impact water retention. And it gets frustrating because you step on the scale and you're like, how am I four pounds heavier? I've been di- I've been good. But let me take this a little bit further for you ladies out there. Menstrual cycle variations are no joke. Not only when it comes to water retention, but also to your your palate. It's that's a real thing. I do think I, I I'm just sorry. I, I I'm I sympathize. It's not something I have to deal with or other men have to deal with, but that is a reality. And you might have to either find different tricks and tactics and hacks to deal with that three or four days um, where your menstrual cycle is causing you a lot of problems with cravings and with the need for sugary, sweeter things and that that subsequently make you want to eat more. But that's a reality and not confronting that I think is, is a real problem. It's a real problem. I think you do yourself a lot more harm than good by trying to pretend like it's not a thing. So, you know, the myths are insulin, carbs, sugar, um, eating clean versus not eating clean, starvation mode, metabolic damage, slow metabolism, big boned, that kind of thing. And then the realities are underestimation of how much you're really eating, overestimation of how much you're burning, having too restrictive a diet, not being flexible, and then binging. And then the stress that comes from super rigid ideas, uh, Definitely weekends destroying your entire week, water retention, and those are the real real reasons why people have trouble when it comes to weight loss and weight gain. Um, a lot of this I pulled from uh, my friend Lyle McDonald's research. I highly recommend you check out bodyrecomposition.com if you ever want to get the straight dirt on things. Um, Lyle has made himself into kind of a pariah in the fitness world, but for one reason and one reason alone. He calls people on their bullshit and he always backs up everything he says with irrefutable scientific evidence. He also wrote a very in-depth and very useful book called uh, The Guide to Flexible Dieting which takes all of these myths and realities into consideration and then gives you tips and tricks on how to deal with them. If I can give you some messages to take home to try to 
prevent you from overcomplicating nutrition. Find your caloric intake, what it is for you to just exist and not lose weight, not gain weight. Find that caloric kind of your basal metabolic rate. Stick with that and add in resistance training and your walking. Stay at that level, add in resistance training and walking. Try to get to that BMR with higher protein levels and see how it goes. Be smart about it. Don't tolerate being a shithead and saying that you're tracking your calories and then once or twice a week, four times a week, five times a week, having that nighttime snack that throws it off by five, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand calories. Really stick to that for a couple weeks, finding your BMR and staying with it and introduce two to three days a week of real good resistance training and walking every day. See how that goes. If you're not losing weight, take it down 200 calories. This is it. Find that protein point. The lowest I would ever recommend anyone is 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. Get those protein get those grams of protein in. Find your caloric intake. The fat and the carbs can be whatever suits you best. Whatever makes it easier for you to stay at that caloric level, do your exercise and see how it goes. Don't overestimate how much you're going to burn. Just stay right at your BMR. Don't underestimate how much you're eating. Stay right at your BMR. Maybe you lose four pounds in a week and then you go, fuck, I'm actually training harder than I think. Let's go up 500 calories, 400 calories. See how that goes. You got everyone. This is the reality. This is one of the truths. And you're not going to buy any book that simplifies it. You have to do the work. And the work is identifying how much food you need and monitoring it and getting that amount of food and then playing it by ear. You have to be able to pivot and adapt because as we've talked about many times, what works for me is not going to work for you. And what works for a 21-year-old girl is not going to work for me. And what works for my wife is not going to work for any other 44-year-old woman. It's we are – everyone's lifestyle is completely different. Everyone's level of stress is completely different. Everyone's uh, training schedule and training history is completely different. Everyone's drug use is – you know, so there's – a myriad of factors that go into making this complicated, but try to eschew those to oversimplify it for yourself. Stay within those guidelines and really do it for a prolonged period of time so that you can get an idea of what you're really eating and how much that affects you. Okay? Uh, I love you all. I hope this helped. And I always have myself open to you at Mike Catherwood on Instagram and Twitter at Mikey likes you one the number one on Instagram and Twitter. And then of course there's the Patreon which is just Mike Catherwood if you are interested in some further scrutiny when it comes to your personal journey. In this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.